At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. A warmer from Evo. Welcome to Bobby Las Vegas for Tesco Seats with myself, Greg Eves Peterson. Now part of the Beats and Family Podcast, we've got a great podcast for you. We're going to be keeping this one to two parts. We didn't see a whole bunch of moves in terms of college basketball over the last 24 hours, but we did see some moves of impact. You're going to be hitting upon those in segment number one. And in segment number two, we're going to be talking about draft decisions, the situation that is happening with Caleb Love, and so much more with one of our good friends, Tristan Freeman. He does great work over at Bus and Brackets. That is fan-sighted college basketball coverage. We're going to be talking with him about that and so much more as we've got an interesting landscape of college basketball right now. And I do think that we've got a second wave of transfers along the way, even though a few big names, they did come off the board on Saturday. So we've got a lot to dive into there. And if you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able for this in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gnet underscore d1. Keep in mind, letters M. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review. We did not get in any Twitter questions today, but we did see some movement in college basketball over the last 24 hours, so let's dive in there as we did see a pair of notable big men decide on the school that they are going to be going to as Aziz Benedogo, who is over at Utah Valley, he is going to be heading on over to Cincinnati. And then Lance Ware, who was over at Kentucky last season, he has decided that he is going to be going to uh, Villanova. How about if we dive in on Lance Ware first as Villanova, they were hoping that they were going to be able to get under Dickinson. That turned out to not be the case. This is a nice parting gift for them. Lance Ware just really didn't see a lot of minutes at Kentucky just because, well, when you got Oscar Sheboy in front of you and you've got 100 million billion five-star guys, that makes things a little bit difficult. Saw two points, two rebounds per game this past season, but a former top 50 recruit, a guy that at six foot nine is not going to be really stretching the floor, popping threes or anything like that, but I think he'd be a really good rim protector for this Villanova team. A Villanova bunch that really hasn't had a lot of size in the past. They've added Akeem Hart along TJ Bamba in the transfer portal to be able to fortify that backcourt along with that for Villanova. One of the biggest moves that they got was really a move that they did not make, but rather a guy that is going to be coming back to school in Justin Moore. So even though they do lose quite a few players from a season ago, 
I think that they have done a nice job of being able to fortify this roster. And then for Aziz Benadogo, this is big for Cincinnati. I felt like Cincinnati needed a little bit more rebounding last season, and this is a very good way to address it, bringing in a 7-footer that has familiarity with the area because he was playing for the Ekron Zips a few seasons ago. He at Utah Valley was really able to flourish. 11.5 points, 10.4 boards. He was able to put up 2.9 blocks per game as well. Someone that shot a few threes last season at Utah Valley, but I would say don't expect too much versatility out of him. But for Cincinnati, I did feel like they need to do a little bit of a better job on defense with bringing in someone in Badogo who is playing for an up-tempo Utah Valley team that has one of the better defenses in all of college basketball. This is big, and this has been a nice haul for Cincinnati. They also have a little bit more of a back-to-the-basket big man as well in Jamile Reynolds, and they bring in Simeus Lucatius, six foot six. Do it all sort of player from Butler, CJ Frederick. He's a good sharpshooter that was playing at Kentucky last season as well. All in all, absolutely love the moves that is being made by this university. You've also got a few other moves that might not be as flashy, but you know what? I do think that they have a little bit of impact. And so Emmanuel, that's a guy that we know is the one-armed basketball player. He was playing at Northwestern State last season. His coaching Corey Gibson took the job at Austin P. He's heading over to Austin P. Very good emotional story. If you're looking for anything on the court, I would say don't expect a lot out of Emmanuel. He was able to put up 1.7 points, 1.2 rebounds per contest last season. Until I see otherwise, I don't think that you're going to get a whole lot out of him. But if you're looking for more of the human side of things, and if you're looking at just a nice story in general, you certainly have found that there. So congratulations to Mr. Emmanuel on his new landing spot. Carlos Rosario, he was playing last year at Washington State. He's decided that he is going to be going to Drake. Just honestly expected to see a little bit more out of Rosario. He put up 2.5 points, right around 1.5 rebounds per contest. He's a six foot seven, little bit of a combo player that is able to pop a few threes. Shot 31.5% from three-point range last season, but I do think that for Rosario, he just really needs to be able to find a place that he's able to get more minutes as he was a top 25 recruit from the state of California a few seasons ago. I do think that he's going to be able to come in be able to give some good production to a Drake team that they just always seem to find gems in the transfer portal. They always do a good job of just knowing their system, and I think that this guy is going to be able to fit it perfectly. It is a Drake team that's going to be in a little bit of transition because they're losing a few guys, especially from the backcourt from a season ago, but Aiden Wright should be able to take over the reins at the point guard spot. Coming in from CSUN, Cal State Northridge, Kyron Gibson is going to be able to help out in that front as well, and Ethan Roberts is someone that was over at Army. He was able to put up a double-figure amount of points per game last season, so all in all, I think that Drake making good moves to be able to stay towards the top of the Missouri Valley Conference. Jalen Bates, he was playing over at Florida A&M this last season. He has decided that he is going to be going to Youngstown State, so he's going from the state of Florida to being a Penguin, which you don't see that very often, but with Bates, I do think that he can come in and have a little bit of success. I do think that it's going to be a tad bit difficult to make that leap up to the Horizon League, but at the same time, for Florian M last season, he was their do-it-all guy. Shot 39.5% from three, 9.7 boards per contest, 
with Florida A&M, it wasn't the greatest defensive team, and he's going to need to learn to play a little bit more up-tempo. Florida A&M, one of the slower teams in all of college basketball by necessity, but I mean, if you're looking at a guy that had to do everything last season, it is Bates. Whatever Youngstown State decides that they're going to do, because they do a good job of having guys specialize, I think that he's going to be able to be a solid contributor for this bunch. Dusan Marosic, he was playing at NC State last season, and he actually began the season as a starter in the NC State front court, played just 10 games. He went down due to injury. And talk about a well traveled man. And something else that we're going to address in segment number two, we're going to be talking about this with Tristan Freeman of Bus and Brackets. Can we expect all these guys that are transferring for the second, third, what have you time to actually be eligible? Because Manosic, this is going to be literally school number six in six years for him. He was at Lewis College, and then he was at Morbley Area Community College before going to Illinois State, Utah, NC State, and now he's heading on over to Duquesne. So that's something we're going to be asking him about, but, I mean, if Duquesne has him eligible, he put up good numbers for NC State this last year. 8.5 points, 6.6 boards. He's able to be a very good, nice, low-post player for this team. Not a guy that's going to go out there and shoot threes or anything like that, but very intriguing, to say the least. Justin Wilson, he last season was playing over at South Carolina State. He decided that he is going to be making the move to Northwestern State. For Wilson, he was able to see some solid minutes last year. Was able to give South Carolina State six points, four boards per contest. Not a guy that's going to go out there and shoot a whole bunch of threes or anything like that at six foot eight. But you know what? He was able to put out there some relatively solid tape towards back half of the season. Had a double-double in conference play when the team was playing against Morgan State. And I do think that there is something to be had with him. If you take a look at his numbers post-Thanksgiving, so final 16 games of the season, he was able to up his production to about like seven points, a little bit over a block for contest as well. So he was able to be more of an asset down low. And I think that that'll be big for a Northwestern State. And quite a bit of transition after they did lose out on Corey Gibson. He decided that he was going to be moving away from the program, and he took that awesome P job. We did see Jalen Sellers, who last year was a very good sharpshooter over at Ball State. Was a starter for the team with 13.5 points. He shot from three-point range right around 45% from three-point range. He is going to be adding on over to Central Florida, and for the Knights of Central Florida, I feel like they've done a very good job in the transfer portal. Took them a little bit to be able to bring in some guys, and now that they're having to compete out in a little bit of a bigger conference as they're making the move to the Big 12, they do need to be bringing in some of these guys, but you know what? All of a sudden, so Central Florida, it looks like they've been able to fortify that backcourt. And it's a program that just a few years ago, they very nearly did knock off Duke in the NCAA tournament as well, so they do have a little bit of a pedigree, and they've had some success under Johnny Dawkins, so I do like that move. And then you saw Rashad Johnson. He last season was playing over at San Diego State. He has made it official that he is going to be making the move on over to Arizona. I know that we were talking with Anna Tarulo about this yesterday. She was mentioning it. I didn't see it confirmed until now, but Kashad Johnson was able to average right around eight points, five boards per contest. He is deciding to make that transition. Not a guy that you want to be relying upon for three-point shooting. Shot about 26% from distance, but... A terrific defender at six foot seven. He's able to guard multiple positions. Once again, not a guy that is necessarily going to be leading your team in scoring or anything like that, but had good results towards back half of the season. And if you take a look at what he was able to do from we're going to call it January 21st on, he was really able to be a menace on the glass as he was giving the team at that point eight points, five point seven rebounds per contest. And if you want to go a little bit further in the team's final 23 games of the season, pulling in there more around six boards. 
per contest. So I do think that he's going to be solid for an Arizona team that actually did a relatively okay job with their defense towards the back half of the season. In that game against Princeton, it wasn't necessarily the defense that let them down. It certainly was that offense. And then in terms of NBA draft decisions, we're going to be seeing more and more of them coming in a future days. But we did see Quentin Post decide that he was going to be pulling his name out of the NBA draft and he is going to be returning to Boston College. This is big for Boston College because, well, they didn't have a lot of anything last season. And Post is a seven-footer that's able to pop threes. When Post was out there for Boston College, it actually looked like a college basketball offense. When he wasn't out there, a little bit of a different story. As last year for Post, limited to 19 games, averaged 15 points, five and a half boards as a seven-footer, shot 42.5% for three and 86% at the free throw line. So that's good news for Boston College. And what is good news for us on this podcast is having a great guest aboard us. Coming up next, we are going to be talking to Tristan Freeman, who does great work over at Boston Brackets. We're going to be taking a look at some of these NBA draft decisions. Going to be taking a look at some logistical things. Can we expect some of these guys that follow the NBA draft, if they want to enter into the transfer portal, will they be able to? That's something that we're going to pose to them. We're also going to take a look at the Caleb Love situation next, right here on Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, David Steeners, and now part of the BC Family Podcast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. 
It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. With myself, Greg Eves Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Always a pleasure to be joined by this man. It's Tristan Freeman. He is a Hoopsnut, which his Twitter handle is at Hoopsnut351, and he does an amazing job covering this sport over at Busting Brackets as part of fan sided college basketball coverage. He is based out there in the great state of Pennsylvania, doing an amazing job taking a look at all the teams in his area, for one, but really looking at the entire landscape of college basketball. Tristan, it's always a pleasure to have you aboard, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. I appreciate you. And Tristan, we've been seeing quite a few notable things over the last few days in terms of college basketball. More and more guys are withdrawing from the NBA draft. But what I do think is the biggest shakeup is that Caleb Love, it looked like he was going to be going to Michigan. He was unable to get in. It seems like it was due to academics. I don't have the full inside scoop on it and quite honestly be a little bit of a waste of my time trying to go through many many hours trying to figure out why he's not there because the fact of the matter is he's just not going to be attending the University of Michigan but what do you think this does not just for Michigan but where Caleb Love might be landing in general because such a strange ordeal when you see a guy decide that he is going to be going to school x school y and then he's not able to get in due to admissions yeah I mean he's one of the top free agents now and when he originally hit the portal, there was obviously teams that may not have been as interested compared to other options that either was was currently available or were rumored to be available. But now we're entering the end of May. And now with the portal closed for non-grad transfers, you know, the list of options out there in terms of the shooting guard position aren't that elite outside of him. You have Cam Spencer who recently entered there, but maybe he's heading to the DMV area. So if you're a team that still needs a shooting guard, may have to bite the bullet and go after Caleb Love, who has his flaws, but also he's a 20-point scorer that can create his own shot. And you look at teams like in Indiana, Missouri, who was after him last time. Texas could still use another guard. I mean, there's still several power conference teams that have a decision to make, and there's still plenty of roster spots open elsewhere. So it'll be interesting to see what recruitment 2.0 looks like for him. Yep, and it is so interesting because I like him a little bit to Marcus Carr and what we saw a few years ago. He was the guy that was available in the transfer portal later on in the process because he was playing at Minnesota. He had 20 points per game, and he decided to go to Texas. And we saw Texas be a little bit disjointed with him in that first year and then year number two. Last year, they were really able to find their form. Do you think that it could be a silver case with Caleb Love, where if he stays out of school for multiple years, they'd be able to ascend with a little bit more of a just getting to know you, feel it out process, but perhaps in year number one, it could be a little bit tough because I do think that a very ball-dominant player with Caleb Love certainly has its positives and its negatives. He'll be entering his senior year next year. He'll still have another year due to COVID, 
but I'm not sure if he's going to be a fifth year kind of guy. I mean, his stock definitely dipped this past year in North Carolina. And as you said, there's a lot of second year transfers that have done well. So you can make the argument that maybe if he goes that program for two years, it'll work out. But then on the flip side, if it's not a great fit in year one, does a coach necessarily want to go for it? Because it can be difficult dealing with ball dominant guards who aren't very efficient. You know, some guys may not want to play with that. And is he someone that can bring in other transfers? So it'll be interesting to see who wants him. I think you can make a case that he's more valuable as a one-year rental to sort of plug the shooting guard position. But who knows if things go well, then maybe that fear could be in play. If that is going to be a big, giant ball of wax to dive into, as Tristan Freeman, who does amazing work over at Boston Brackets, is joining me on Coast Coast Hoops and with the case of Caleb Love, he is going to be able to go wherever he wants because this is just his first transfer. It was one of those ordeals where he already filed and everything like that. But I do think that there is going to be a lot of logistical issues with the transfer portal this offseason because something that I feel like a lot of people are losing sight of is that the NCAA did say that they were going to be cracking down on giving out waivers, which pretty much everyone got a waiver the last few years, whether it was their first transfer, their second transfer, or their 27th transfer in some cases. With that said, what do you think is going to be happening on some of these fronts? And do you think that there could be some guys, if they decide to enter into the transfer portal late, which we've already seen a few guys try to do, that they're just not going to be able to play this upcoming season? The threat of the transfer portal is what stopped a bunch of guys, because there could have been plenty more that entered, but the vast majority of them were not grad transfers. We're not true grad transfers with the media eligibility. And there actually was a plenty of fourth year seniors who technically didn't have the credits to graduate, which is why some of them couldn't enter the portal as well. And ultimately people are waiting on what the NCAA is going to do. Are they going to follow through? The only waiver we've heard so far was Utah Valley. One of their guards entered the portal forgetting his name, but he was a sharpshooter. He was it Woodbury? Yes, yeah, it was him. And he got his waiver denied for an extra year because he played two games at uh, Utah State in our conference tournament. But that could have been an easy one because injury rules when it comes to medical registers are pretty clear. The waivers overall for transfers aren't. And that includes another commitment uh, today in Aziz Bandango, who went from Utah Valley to Cincinnati. He's a two-time transfer, and he's been very clear about mental health. If he gets the mental health waiver, then there's a chance that going forward, a lot of players will, will use that as a reason for leaving. But if the NCAA shuts him down, then I think it's going to make a statement. Because like you said, there's a lot of guys who are looking for two-times waiver, and there's a lot of rosters that aren't going to make a ton of sense if some of these key transfers have to sit out. And that includes Cincy, whose entire front court outside of Vicar Lincoln is hoping for a waiver as they go to the Big 12. Yep, it's going to be so interesting to see how many of these things work out as well because I do think that there could be a circumstance where we see some of these guys pull out of the NBA draft and also decide that they might be entering into the transfer portal as well. And what is going to be happening with those guys is a little bit of a question mark as well. Will the NCAA actually allow that? Will they be like, nope, you cannot enter or anything like that as well? So there's a lot of logistical issues that are happening right now, but the biggest happening in college basketball right now is the fact that we do have a lot of NBA draft decisions, and just in terms of teams in general that have the most to gain slash to lose over the next few weeks, 
were a few that come to mind because I highlighted one on the podcast yesterday in Kentucky, and I think they're a big one with Antonio Reeves, with Oscar Sheway, Chris Livingston. You go down the list, they're a big one, but were a few other ones that you think, man, they could really be able to build themselves a nice roster if all these guys come back, or they have a lot to lose if the guys they're expecting to be back don't come back. Yeah, great timing because I actually wrote an article about some brackets looking at the three decisions for Kentucky. I think it's safe to say Livingston's probably going to go. Reeves probably comes back, but Toshibwe is 50-50. But the good news for Kentucky is they got a five-star center and Aaron Bradshaw that can replace them, and they brought back Ugana Ayenzo. So they wouldn't be devastated without him. But if Purdue loses Zach Eady, they go from the number one preseason team to probably not a top 25 team in my eyes without him. So they're a team whose entire fate when it comes to being a legit contender decides on that move. And then UCLA is a really interesting team because all five of their starters could technically come back for an extra year. But I think everyone believes that Campbell and Hawkes are gone no matter what. And then you got big man Adembona who could be a breakout star. You have the freshman Bailey who can absolutely be an All-American if you saw what he did when Jalen Clark went down. And then Clark is a guy who had an injury, probably won't even be healthy for next season. But he's the kind of guy that's perfect in the modern-day NBA as a 3 and D wing. So does a team give him a promise and just sits him out? Or does he come back? And even if he does come back, how effective will he be for the Bruins next year? So UCLA is a team that could have top 10 potential, or they could be unranked and sort of an afterthought for next year compared to USC, who's going to have Bronny James, Isaiah Collier. I think all the attention is going to switch to the Trojans in Los Angeles next year based on what happens with the Bruins draft stuff. Yep, I think that it is very big for UCLA what is going to be happening in the next week or two for them. And I do think that there are some big 12 teams that are of intrigue as well. I know that Baylor with Adam Flagler, among others, they're a team that I'm really looking at as well. I think that there's certainly one that is going to be coming to mind with the ACC. I don't think that there's necessarily too big of decisions that are going to be happening on that front as well, especially with the fact that Jeremy Roach is coming back to school. I don't think anyone's shocked that Joe Girard is going to be back as well. Judah Mintz is really the one from the ACC that I'm taking a look at that could be a little bit of impact. But I do think that the Big 12 has quite a few players just within that conference in general that are worth taking a look at. And because you have the four new teams, you know, there's going to be a lot of shuffling of the chairs. TCU, I think, is another team that technically could bring back all of their other key pieces. But I think the belief is that Mike Miles is definitely gone. But Damian Ball and Emmanuel Miller, if they come back with the transfers that they brought in, they could be ranked to start the year. If they don't come back, then they could be in trouble. So very interested in what TCU does. And then, you know, Kevin McCuller is an interesting one because he could return or he can be a grad transfer. And, and that's also another thing that doesn't get talked about enough. There's still a lot of graduate seniors that are in the NBA draft process that could either return or they could potentially enter the portal as well. So that could be a whole nother group of players that will provide us all content for the next month because I think a few of them may actually come back, but just not for the team we expected. Absolutely. And then there are guys like Julian Phillips along with Arthur Kaluma that entered in the transfer portal very late because these are a pair of guys that are going through the NBA draft process as well. And I think some of these guys that entered in the portal late, they sort of see the writing on the wall that 
there's a likelihood that they might be coming back to school. And they've got sort of all three windows open. And just because a guy like an Arthur Kaluma enters into the transfer portal, I don't think that means that it's a foregone conclusion that if he decides to come back to school, that he just completely writes off Creighton as well. I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that as well, but I think that there are more players really this year than ever before that they could be going all three different routes, staying in the NBA draft, going into the transfer portal and going to a different school or just returning to the school that they came. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people are making, you know, big statements about, you know, this is the new college basketball. But people really have to remember that the extra COVID year has thrown everything for a loop when it comes to timetables. So there's a whole bunch of fourth-year seniors that in any other circumstance would be gone. Like Cam Spencer leaving Rutgers is devastating, but any other time he would have already exhausted his eligibility. Like this is the rare circumstance where he could actually get one more check via NIL by going somewhere else. So it's definitely new, but we're basically going to have one more year of this. And not even that, because the number of people who are still left with fifth year available has diminished because many of them have already gone pro. So it's definitely going to be a very unique time, but it's not going to be something that we are going to have to deal with every year because the number of actual grad transfer candidates is going to drop down significantly after next year. That COVID fifth year, it certainly does provide a big giant ball of wax for that as joining me on the podcast. We do have Tristan Freeman. He does great work over at Boston Brackets. And I've got to ask you about this just because I never thought we'd be in a position to talk about it, but Seth Towns is coming back for his eighth year of college basketball. I'm not even joking when I say that. And he has decided that he is going to be attending Howard. Last time he played was when Ohio State lost to Oral Roberts in the 2021 NCAA tournament. Are there any realistic expectations for Seth Towns? Because he still is a player of the year from the Ivy League for many years ago when he was at his full forces. I mean, he was really awesome. I mean, he was so big that when he decided to announce his transfer to Ohio State, that was like primetime TV for ESPN. He just hasn't necessarily played a lot. I just want to hear your thoughts on this because I think that it's just so hilarious. And yet at the same time, it's so low-key interesting in terms of what it provides for the BF. He's a second forward transfer for Howard joining Notre Dame forward Don Campbell. If he's healthy... Howard could have a very difficult back uh, front court to deal with in the MIAC. And I'm interested because he never really got a full chance to see what he could do at the Big Ten level, but he definitely, when healthy, could dominate. And just having literally a grown man play basketball at that level is going to be absolutely fascinating. And you know, the MIAC and the SWAC has quietly gathered a lot of talent, a lot of former either top 100 or true power conference level players. So those leagues are quietly building up. It's going to be interesting to see which of those teams stand out. But just for the value, just seeing how he looks, hopefully when healthy, I'm definitely going to be interested to see what Howard does next season. Yep, I am going to be very fascinated to see what they do as well. And Tristan, I'm always fascinated to see what you do because you do absolutely an amazing job of taking a look at the great game of college basketball. You got your finger on the pulse of a little bit of everything. As we know, the NBA draft decisions, they're going to be coming hot and heavy the next few weeks. I know that that is going to be a big key for so many of us. I'm sure you included in doing a lot of conference previews and just 
knowing what to expect out of these teams in general. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yes, sir. You can follow me at Hoopsnut351 on Twitter. You can also follow at Bustin' Brackets and check out the site every day. We have off-season content all the time. And coming up, we're just looking at some key uh, NBA draft decisions to watch for and doing some off-season grades for the leagues and so far and seeing which teams have done well and who's getting a failing grade so far. Absolutely, and a man that always gets an A-plus for the content that he provides on this podcast, that'd be Tristan Freeman, who does amazing work over at Boston Brackets. A big thanks to him for joining me right here on Coast Coast Hoops, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Citra, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, Larry CM. Name does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to on this podcast via that five-star review. I'm with you guys every single day on this podcast. Hopefully, these draft decisions can come through soon, and hopefully, we can get a little bit more clarity in the transfer portal to start up these conference previews, hopefully within the next few weeks. But regardless, I'll be back with you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 